0: Hey Is welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, please strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. Everything pop culture worthy that you can fit under your little noggin, uh, little hood, the hood of your noggin. Uh, if I, It's a little rough this morning, it's because I'm trying out the Instagram live thing as well as we record. Um, just seeing if it'll work, uh, seeing if we can get some Instagram people to watch. As well, uh, while we do the live um, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, but if this is your first Geekscape, you're in for a treat. We're going to be talking Aquaman in the Lost City. Uh, this is a movie I saw about two weeks ago when it came out, and I was in South Carolina with Heidi's family for the for the uh, Christmas vacation, and uh, just didn't do a Geekscape with you guys. Not, I didn't do a remote Geekscape, and I apologize because I know y'all were like, but what does he think of Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom? Well, I'm glad you waited. Uh, that being said, if you haven't seen it yet, You had two weeks to watch it. If you haven't seen it yet, we're going to talk spoilers. I'm not joined by Ian Kerner this time. Uh, Ian's got a lot on his plate right now. Uh, Props up to my guy, Ian. Love you, man. Uh, But Christian Blatt from the Marvel Movie Talk uh, podcast, as well as the Geekscape Book Club here under the Geekscape umbrella uh is here to join me and talk aquaman i hope your festivities went well if you're celebrating your holidays uh, uh this is the last day of 2023 so we're going to say goodbye to 2023 uh, i guess we're also saying goodbye to the dc entertainment universe as it currently is uh aquaman in the lost kingdom was the last movie <laughs> who'd have thought that was that was it supposed to come out before flash and then it ended up not coming out. I don't, whatever. We'll talk about it with Christian. I hope Christian has all the ducks in a row on that stuff. Because at one point, this movie had like five different endings or something like that. So we're going to talk all about it coming up. If he, again, there's going to be spoilers. If for some reason you're like, hey, I went to check out this GeekScape podcast. I thought it was interviews. We definitely have some awesome interviews on the feed. We, the feed's been kind of, I think it's been awesome but it's been a little it's got a bit of a personality uh multiple personality issue right now because we came back from la comic con with a ton of panels that i put up on the feed um we did have a couple interviews we had our christmas uh charity fundraiser the holiday fundraiser there's that episode on there on the feed and then of course we have a couple specials like the marvels or loki season two and then this one right here talking aquaman and the lost kingdom so It's been a bit schizophrenic on the feed. Uh, For me, I love that stuff. Anybody who does podcasting is like, Jonathan, you're insane. It's all about consistency. And uh, people want to know what to expect when they get Geekscape. Uh, Well, you can expect some geek pop culture talk, and there's going to be more. I mean, we have uh, What If Season 2 just ended, and that was like my daily every morning if i hadn't saw me at like 3 a.m i would be ready for a brand new what if season two episode and i uh and it was really awesome to see a daily episode pop up and be able to enjoy it while everybody else is asleep and uh we got tons of pop culture to talk i went to see the boy and the heron the new miyazaki film and it's beautiful and weird and you knew it would be and it leaves you so much space to think about the things that it's bringing you and some of it's challenging a bit of a movie about grief and uh, time and uh i don't know i'm still thinking about it i i love it and it and i think about the accessibility of the film and um how literal it is and maybe not literal but if you've seen the miyazaki boy and the heron film uh and you have to because he's a master and who knows how many more films we're going to get from him uh you know he his movies are just incredible but uh This is definitely one where he leaves a lot open to interpretation and leaves, again, a lot of space for you to think about the movie. And I love that. I thought it was so awesome. This movie we're about to talk about, though, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Maybe it serves up to you kind of literally, you know, it definitely wants you to see the movie they intended you to see and uh, maybe discuss it a little bit afterwards, which is what we're going to be doing here. So you are in the right place. I think Instagram is working. (laughs) Uh, Apologies for any hiccups that might have caused, but let's get to it. Uh, It's been two plus weeks since I've done a live Geekscape and I cannot wait. Here's my good friend, Patrick Wilson, to welcome you to a brand new Geekscape. I'm Patrick Wilson. You're watching Geekscape. All right, Geekscapists, let's get down to the nitty-gritty, the nitty-gritty of talking Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Again, we're going to be spoiling it pretty heavily, Um, so if you've not seen Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, I'm first going to ask you, why, why have you not seen this? Why have they not done enough for you? They brought you 10 or so years of DC Entertainment Universe content over there at Warner Brothers, and... Why have you not seen this this film, please? What were you watching? You looking for some award season stuff? Is that what you're doing, you snob? All right. Maybe uh, the family didn't want to go see it. They wanted to see Wonka. Well, you should have been like, no. Put, a, put like a line in the sand. We are not watching Wonka this holiday season. We are watching Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Like me and my nephew when we went that is what we did. Okay, that's enough of that. I got Christian Blatt here to help me talk about this. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut this one up like a fish.
1: Thanks for uh having me on, Jonathan. And my first question is, uh are they spoilers if there's nothing really to spoil? That's a good wait. I mean, th- things do happen in this yeah, movie, but like Flash was like, I don't know what, like two hours and five minutes. And it was like 80 minutes of spoilers, you know, and it was really hard to talk about Flash. You can get into whether or not the film was good or not. But there were so many things like, I can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. This is like, OK, well, you're going to spoil the story, but there's nothing there's there's no ripples in the ocean after this. It just doesn't set <laughs> anything up. And you know every Marvel movie sets up something. Most of the DC movies have set up something, but they don't have anything to set up. So there's not spoilers in that way. But you're right; we would be spoiling plot. And there, I don't even think there's any reveals in here. Um, no, nope. they didn't really think of one. <laughs> add.
0: They didn't really add to the sandbox much of the of the the DC entertainment universe. They were basically like, all right, we have we're going to put this movie out. Hopefully y'all all enjoy it. We're going to follow the same DNA we did with the first one where it's going to be bonkers. There's going to be some real wild stuff in here. You know, like um, the first one, I remember like the seahorses and in like the manta ray weapons and all this crazy stuff where I was like, you know what? Whether or not you think this movie is good, you ain't seen this before. And I remember watching the first Aquaman. I liked it. I actually had a blast watching that first Aquaman Went to see it by myself, sat in the theater being like, whatever you are, bring on the bonkers, and it delivered the bonkers in, spade, in spades, and I and I loved it. I thought it was so much fun watching the Aquaman movie. Was I going to watch it again? No, I have yet to, but uh, I really enjoyed sitting in the theater, and just for the only time I was going to see that movie, and the insanity that it put on screen, that's what it delivered, and I enjoyed that. The second one, I was hoping for the same, and I think the problem was that it, in a lot of ways, it was the same. That the bonkers were were neither escalated or built upon. And I'll say, I mean, this is just a serviceable movie that has Aquaman teaming up with his brother Patrick Wilson, Ocean Master, and finding out the secret, you know, trying to stop Black Manta from releasing the Lost Kingdom of these. Banished all this kingdom of, of people who got turned evil, turned into aqua zombies that have been frozen in ice, and now the 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 black trident is going to that has possessed Black Manta is going to free them, and the world will not be safe. And meanwhile, there's this very bludgeon over the head overt. 10- <laughs>
1: You're, you don't want to mute, Betty? <laughs> oh, sorry. Green, I green, actually, green, I thought I was still on mute this whole time because my there's a gardener outside my next door neighbor.
0: I wanted to green share. Green, look, here's, here's the thing. That's I what I, I was wanted talking, everybody to hear. They want to know.
1: Hey, what do you think about Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. As, I, so, as which as means that I unmuted. So you heard all the uh, all, all the leaf yeah, blowing next
0: door. A leaf blower right? as the as the uh, as the as the movie is the villain of the movie is like hey in order to unfreeze this this lost zombie space like aqua kingdom to destroy the earth it's the it's all about the greenhouse gases and global warming we got to stop the greenhouse gases and global warming and black manta has created this machine to put greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and warm the earth to like unmelt the aqua zombies like this is literally the plot of a 300 million dollar movie or so And, and, and 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 it Black Manta's plan almost worked. I mean, Christian was choking on, on smog.
1: But <laughs> it, it just—I I can't. I, you know, none of us could breathe because of. Uh, you know, I also saw this movie two weeks ago. I don't even remember the name of that <laughs> that uh, they were burning, and and I should.
0: Uh, and I could it was be- like, Myster- it was like Mysterium, Impossibilium or it was like one of these. Yeah, know, it doesn't matter chemicals.
1: Yeah, does it yeah. matter what MacGuffin X or whatever that substance was called? It actually doesn't, but uh yeah, it's uh you know, it's interesting 'cause you texted me about it and I and I said, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just kind of there, this movie. It's um it's not it's not bad. It was definitely not great. It's like it's not even one of those like oh, I can get worked up because I didn't like it. You know? I mean no. it, it wasn't it wasn't that at all. And it was this is
0: a very inoffensive movie. This is a, if you're gonna yeah. take your nephew as I did. I took my, my nephew's what ten, yeah, I took my nephew to see it. We got a big ass bucket of popcorn. We kicked our feet up, not on the seats. Don't be rude, no, don't be an animal, um but we metaphorically we kicked our feet up, and we just loved hanging out and
1: seeing this bonkers little movie and and I think that's okay <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes uh, that's what you want. And I agree with you on the first one. The first one was a lot of fun. And obviously, why does the character work this interpretation of him? It's because of Jason Momoa. You know, it's it's not the, the super friends Aquaman that I grew up with, you know, which was always yeah. like, all right, I guess. You know, I mean, I guess he's one of... Uh, well, they're not Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Those are the Avengers. But, you know, I'm supposed to believe that, like, yeah, he's right up there with Superman and Wonder Woman. You know, I'm like, all right. But I, I I, liked from the time we met him, I liked the Jason Momoa version of this. And I thought it was an interesting take. I think he inhabited it really well. The world they built around him in the first one. I agree with you. It's a lot of like, all right, that's a little. Some of it's a little iffy, but you're like, I'm having fun. So who cares? You know, I don't go. I don't go to these movies to try and be like, what's what are the problems going to be? You know, it was easy to have a fun ride with the first one. And at times, the second one has that as well. You know, I, I think uh, it's mostly fun. this the second one. But as you said, inoffensive. Yeah. And
0: he has a kid now. He has a baby. And there's a scene where the baby starts using his psychic fish like controller and i loved that scene where he's talking to his father the baby is in the baby like little i don't have a kid what do they call the little baby things like, you know just sitting in like a little stroller thing and it, next to baby bjorn maybe bjorn next to in the living room next to the 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 fish tank and suddenly he looks the father looks over and the fish are doing circles and the baby is yeah. sending the little psychic rings from aqua, you know from from a you know super friends into this fish tank and making the fish do things and i'm like this is fun i i dig that i thought the baby was going to help save the day at the end uh when the lost kingdom has risen from the depths and been unfrozen and is now going to wage war on everyone and um i thought the baby was going to be a bit of a of uh a, you know last minute savior that being said i i love patrick wilson patrick wilson is ironically what aquaman looks like from the amazing <laughs> friends like patrick wilson would make a incredible traditional aquaman he's he's fun as ocean master i'm a big patrick wilson fan not just because he did the hi you're watching geekscape intro for this episode um I, I just like Patrick Wilson and I like him in this. Uh, there were things from the first movie that had forgotten that when I saw again here made me feel good. I'm
1: talking about Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it was a uh, uh, Tamar Morrison as his dad. Of I'm course. Like, oh, right. Boba Fett's his dad. I just forgot. Literally forgot.
0: And he's good in everything. Agreed. I even, love him. And ev- even everything. when he's
1: handed cra- questionable scripts, he's still good in it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He's good. And, uh, and so seeing kind of Patrick Wilson's character, who is the bad guy in the first one, gets thrown into like a desert prison where you can't touch water in this one. And the I think the rescue, my favorite part of this movie was probably the prison rescue where Aquaman and an, and an octopus or squid, who is my favorite character in the movie. There is a sentient squid who like can go like cloak itself because squids can change their colors. They're like chameleons. They can change themselves, adapt themselves to whatever the color of the rock and fauna is around them. And so you've got this squid sneaking into this desert prison, pulling levers and stuff with, with Aquaman. And, it, and, and of course, squids can also squeeze themselves into like things the size of a dime, like holes the size of a dime. So you got this squid going through rocks and stuff. And he's doing smart ass stuff. and He's squirting ink or water at Aquaman to tell him, you know, I don't like you or to protest the decision. And that was my favorite character. I, would I watch a spinoff of the uh, Aquaman movie? Only I would watch a HBO Max. You know, you guys want to like make your. You're talking Gotham? like
1: a, a, a topo standalone special yeah. or do you want a topo series? Because a, a special, well, I'm all in. Like, where would, I'm in. I am in. I'm all in. I want 45 minutes of topo. Yeah.
0: I want. His name was Topo. And I want, I want a topo special yeah i don't know All if right. i want a topo series but no i want a topo special <laughs> <laughs> the squid guy was my favorite character of the movie absolutely in a,
1: in a just world he would have been submitted for uh, oscars consideration <laughs> you know but I, I i just don't think that uh octopus actors are getting recognized just yet
0: you know who else was surprising in this movie and i didn't
1: know he was in it until he came on screen randall park yeah Shout out to Randall Park for for this brief moment in time occupying the MCU and the DCEU.
0: Yeah, Randall Park is in this movie as a scientist who's begrudgingly helping Black Manta find the secret. He wants to see Atlantis. He sees Atlantis pretty early on in the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He does. But he he keeps
0: helping. But he keeps (laughs) helping Black Manta with his diabolical plan. Including at the end, okay. So here, here's something that had to happen at the end to free the lost kingdom. That these these zombies, these aqua zombies, to free them and finish the spell. In the same way that like Odin is like he who has the courage or the whatever of Thor can wield Mjolnir. Um, they've been locked away, and the only way to free the lost kingdom is to have somebody from the bloodline, Aquaman's bloodline like their blood hit this stone and then it'll free everybody. And obviously Black Manta wants to kidnap the baby to do this. Uh, they take two of these submersible ships that look like they're out of a Miyazaki movie. Like, you know, they look like they're from, from uh, castle in the sky. These like submersibles, these ancient submersibles, Black Manta and Randall Park and a separate one takes these submersibles down there to finally enact this spell and free the lost kingdom in this evil demon king from the the, the ice. And all they got to do is like cut the baby and put the baby's spell or sacrifice the baby and put the blood in there. I still don't know why Randall Park isn't just taking his submersible and being like, peace, especially (laughs) because when you cut to Randall Park's submersible, he's the one with the baby. And Black Manta (laughs) could just go, fuck all and just be like, you know what I mean? Like He's like, dude, Black Manta, why did you give me the baby? You've been punching me, throwing me against the wall, demanding that I help you with this, you know, this pollution science. Yeah. You've been treating me like crap for my scientific mind. There's several parts of the movie where he puts his hands up and helps Black, you know, helps Aquaman and Ocean Master, like, destroy some of the machinery that he helped build. Yet, when he has the chance and he has the baby to himself in a submersible, he
1: doesn't say, "You know what? I don't think I'm,
0: no, I'm going to go to Atlantis and hand the baby back over." Yeah, he like, he, he takes the baby exactly where it needs to be. I'm
1: pretty you sure know? I can get Aquaman's attention if I need to, and uh, you know, keep the baby safe. Yeah, the uh, he took the baby
0: they, right where it needed to be. To enact the potential the
1: of uh, baby murdering uh, was uh, not off the table for <laughs> Randall Park. He's like, "Yeah, I saw Atlantis. Kind of want to see it again. You know, is is that okay?" <laughs> Can I go back? But <laughs> I, 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 it found it, I found it interesting when the trailer for this movie came out that uh, Black Manta, you know, the, the sort of the voiceover is uh, I'm I'm going to hurt him the way he hurt me. I'm going to hurt his family. And he goes through everything. I'm like, his father,
0: or his, yeah, you know, right. the first one, he didn't save his but, father. He didn't kill so, his father. He didn't save his father.
1: Right. So he's so Black Manta in this movie is the Jason Momoa character from the last Fast and Furious movie. Basically, he's like he's seeking <laughs> the exact same kind of revenge. And uh, I was like, oh, all right, I, I guess. And uh, I, I was very outspoken when the first one came in. The one thing that didn't work for me is that stupid Black Manta helmet. And uh, I know that's comic book accurate, but it's so yeah, big. I'm like, awesome. OK, but it doesn't seem practical. Like, you, you know, aren't you going to fall over? Why don't you just wear like a cerebro-sized helmet, a helmet-sized helmet? You know, a Boba Fett-sized helmet. Tamar Morrison's got one; he can loan it to you. I mean, you can steal it from him.
0: Hey, so- have you seen these ads on like they, they're like the 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 ads you'd get on like a Facebook or an Instagram? And it's a weight ring that goes around your temples, and it's <laughs> to not. strengthen your neck. And you have, oh. you know, they always have. Why do they always have goatees? And they look like they're into like axe throwing clubs. You know, they, they have one of these dudes. In the ad, and he has this weight around his temples, goes around his head. He looks like Picard when he turned into a Borg. If you see these ads, geeks uh-huh. gave you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, like and of neck. He looks like yeah. and he's got oh, it's a, it's this weight that goes around the temples. Looks like fucking Locutus. It's got a a cable that comes down to it. I don't, you know, it's like a counterweight. I guess so you just don't break your <laughs> neck. And it's got this dude who totally looks like he he worships IPA in axe throwing, and he's just sitting there going. Yeah, this was the old. This is the last thing I needed in my workout. He's
1: just like moving his neck around and strengthen his, strength I, in his I, neck as if the problem with his neck isn't like his Amish beard that, you know, goes down to his I think uh, problem his problem with his neck, neck on, is that yeah. it's almost non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's what he
0: you need if you're going to be black. Mantis. Also, you know, say what you will about the unwieldiness of the Black Manta's helmet, it's usually worn underwater.
1: There's some okay, buoyancy. You know what? I'll give you that. All right. Maybe okay. it's helpful. I, I do want to interject something that I just noticed in the chat because I feel like it's relevant. Um, yes, Raging, Raging Rhino, Rhino is killing yeah, in the chat. He's he his The most recent comment is, uh, in the comics, Black Manta murders Aquaman's baby. Uh, well, whether or not that was ever in the draft for this film, I want to thank whoever made sure that that's not what they filmed. Uh, because it's so a lot it's of, like, sacrificing. But, like, if, if it's just blood, like, can you just, like, you know, cut the baby on the hand i mean that's that's also it's abhorrent to cut a child i'm not saying that but it's better yeah yeah a little little pinprick you know i mean the way it worked where he just you know tosses like arthur's face down there um so yeah thank you i i I feel like i can guess what era of comic books that happened if uh, black manta murdered aquaman's baby yeah there should
0: have been a scene where he holds his hand in a bunch of piranhas as well <laughs> and, and then uh, arthur curry has a hook now because yeah. i mean oh, that is
1: i, I would have liked that yeah hook i mean hook aquaman? Is, that, was, sure.
0: is that not the air we're talking about the yeah uh,
1: the the uh, like the 85 miniseries aquaman? Is that what we're talking about yeah oh yeah that's a little later eric larson okay i know the one yeah, you're talking about,
0: yeah. Um, one thing rachel rano definitely says that i think is great um i think shazam and aquaman sequels took the same course do the same thing again with a few little changes and just have fun it does work for fans of the characters. And I don't think I was as put off by the Shazam sequel as a lot of people were. I actually enjoyed the Shazam sequel. I, I thought the ending was some bunker stuff, some fun little kids riding around on a unicorn shooting rainbows and stuff. I was like, let's do it. Whatever. I think the danger in a lot of these superhero movies is them taking themselves way too seriously. Yeah. um, And here we have something that doesn't take itself as seriously. I think the Aquaman movies have have fun. Again, we talked about Topo, the uh the the squid character in this movie that I think was just fun, silly stuff. Um and now we can talk about a bit of the DCEU in that there's tone shifts in a lot of it. And I'm not saying that a, a that a shared universe can't be dynamic. I'm not saying that you can't have commentary in your stuff. I can't, I'm not saying that everything has to be dour, but I saw man of the steel twice in the theater. I thought it was really impressive on a scale level. I thought it was cool to see Superman done with his powers done properly on screen. I thought it was a really awesome character wise. There were worries coming out of that movie that Superman was morally ambiguous and how was he going to be the defining superhero for this universe going forward? where that all the other characters are shaded from was he too dour and you started to see that issue come up when you started adding other characters to it and being like, well, you, you guys created a morally ambiguous Superman. So what do you expect? This is it became a little too, too amorphous, right? And now every character from it had to go even harder. Right, like Aquaman had to be even tougher, right? Batman had to be even uh, grittier or more. I already said the word dour, but that is the word for 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 Batman for sure. Absolutely, sure. And so these characters all started to share a similar tone, and so it made the movies. I don't know. It it, things got a little bit messy in that. What was the personality of these characters? What were the personalities of the overall universe? and how do you sell that does that make sense and then when you start to have production issues come up and they start swapping release dates as i think this movie was supposed to come out before flash i think this movie had post credits that included a ben affleck batman then a uh then a batman 89 batman yeah you know michael keaton Keaton, yeah and then the post credit that we ended up getting which wow this post-credit, literally, in geekscape I'll just give it to you here. It, it's There's a joke halfway through the movie about eating cockroaches as Ocean Master is learning more about uh, surface world foods. So the post-credit is literally Ocean Master. Now that he's been forgiven, he's turned hero. I like that beat where he saves uh, Dolph Lundgren's character. Again, big Patrick Wilson fan, big Dolph Lundgren fan. I like those two characters. Um, he's sitting at like a seaside restaurant eating a sandwich, or a hamburger or something, and he's enjoying a hamburger. He doesn't eat surface food, so now he's like eating surface food and enjoying it, and a cockroach crawls across the table, and he grabs the cockroach, puts it in the hamburger, eats it, and then smiles, and that's the final frame of film of the DC Entertainment Universe, of the Snyderverse. Um,
1: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I did not have that on my DCEU bingo card, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you did, but uh, I was looking for it, and I, I, I just didn't have it, so...
0: And this, and here we are. Um, Wow. Uh, is this the end of the DCEU?
1: Well, I mean, James Gunn's sort of... It's it's mixed because he's throwing out some of it, but he's keeping, interestingly, all the stuff he did. Like Peacemaker hmm. going forward is going to exist. So he's, he's not responsible build... for Waller, but he used Waller for sure. Yeah, that's true. And that's a great point. Walters, so, Yeah, Yeah. So anything that appeared in the Justice League and no, sorry, the Suicide Squad
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Peacemaker. He's like, yeah, that stuff. Yeah. All right. No, I got fine. a little bit of i got a little bit of Vegas throat. Uh, we were uh, okay. out in the desert for a few days, <clears throat> but um, I think that, uh, you know, it's like the Snyder Justice League, I think, is the thing to look at and go, yeah, none of them. You know, I, I don't I don't think we'll see any of them ever again. Uh, and. You know, it's it's you know I was glad that Gal Gadot had the uh, the cameo in Shazam. That was uh, one of the high points in that. But it's it's sad to think that Wonder Woman '84 is like the last movie that she's going to get as Wonder Woman. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean these characters are getting recast. We have Sean Gunn former Geekscape guest and friend, Sean Gunn, um, cast as Maxwell Lord now, right? So that Pedro Pascal, Max Lord, is not going to be... Obviously, Max Lord is not going to be an 84 anymore. He's going to be a modern character, probably, because he's going to be in the new Superman movie. Uh, You saw that casting... I think at at LA comic con or, or nearby, Um, but raging rhino, I think shares our viewpoint. I was very sad that that was the final DCEU scene. I think that the DCEU, regardless of what people thought about it, because obviously everybody's comparing it to, you know, the esteemed competition across the street at Marvel Um, guys. I love blue beetle and I think blue beetle will possibly move forward as a character in another film or you see that that window of the DC entertainment universe in a different film later down the road because i think everybody really enjoyed blue beetle it just was commercially i think a victim of things like the strike you know um maybe some of the positioning and the release schedule affected blue beetle um but i think those are characters you see going forward i think a character like Shazam you did see him in an end tag with some of the peacemaker characters as being you know as being recruited into the justice society or whatever group that amanda waller is putting together you did see a shazam tag with the waller characters how quickly that stuff gets dismissed who knows i mean i'm very optimistic for the new stuff coming out i think that these i think that if anybody is going to do a great job with them it's somebody who loves the dc characters Sean, uh, James Gunn is a DC fan more so than a Marvel fan. He's publicly said that a lot. And you saw what wonderful things he did with the Marvel characters. And you saw what wonderful things he's done with the DC characters. And he's somebody who has a literacy and an appreciation for how expansive these characters are in the DC universe. He knows the DC universe. That is his... That is that is what he loves. And he grew up um, enjoying and Uh, I'm really excited for how he takes on all of them. And he, I think he will treat all of them like he did Peacemaker where you take a D level character. And now this character is a star, right? And people are asking about Peacemaker. I had a friend yesterday send me a picture. His kid was playing with a toy and this is a Marvel character, but he said, Hey, my kid has this toy. What character is this? It was the spot. (laughs) in <laughs> uh, and, and, and the spot, I mean, you will agree the spot is a D-list character on the comics page. He is there for punchlines and what they did with this character in Across the Spider-Verse is turn this character into almost an Omega-level character, right? Like, the treatment of these characters is the defining um, I think I, I think the defining judgment on these characters is how are they treated by these creators because any character can be like a spot yeah, on the comics page, treated as a footnote or as a joke. Given in the right hands of the Cross the Spider Verse team, the spot becomes an A list villain with like Omega level <laughs> <laughs> powers. Right, given Peacemaker, who is, you know, cameos and some stuff, is kind of fun. You give them to somebody like James Gunn, who really loves the character and appreciates it and knows the character. And somebody like Judo Master, somebody like Peacemaker, somebody like King Shark, suddenly becomes like a really well done character. You know? Um, so yeah. I'm excited. Uh, also about the from
1: thing. the the uh, Suicide Squad, uh, the, what is it, Polka Dot Man? Was that his uh, superhero Polka name? Man. Or, yeah. That's a, yeah, it's just a great collection. And I mean, obviously some of them slightly more established, but it's, it is the guardians of the galaxy playbook, you know, a bunch of characters that existed in the Marvel universe, the comic book universe, but people didn't really put them together. You know, when I sat down to see that, I, I knew who rocket raccoon was and and there was a bunch of other people. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. but, but I, I think that the smart thing is that they're not looking at whatever the new DC universe is as a whole. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of conversations and, email chains and text threads. They're like, yeah, I'm focused on Superman Legacy, period. And it's like, and then the year after, well, yeah. So there's a bunch of projects
0: has like a ton of characters in it. They cast Metamorpho, which is awesome. It will be having either the authority supposedly is showing up in the Superman Legacy. The Superman Legacy does not seem like it's going to be Smallville into Metropolis traditional Superman movie this is going to be a celebration in, a, in, in an entryway yeah. to more obscure characters in the DC universe. And we've seen gun fold these characters in even including like the classic guardians of the galaxy from the seventies and the eighties. And guardians of the galaxy was a pretty top selling book in the seventies for Marvel. And a lot of people are like, what are these obscure characters? Like Yondu is the only one I know, but right. in the seventies, Guardians of the Galaxy was a really, I mean, when when you had Star Wars in the megaplexes, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the equivalents over at Marvel. And that is a top selling book going into the early 80s until the Claremont X, burn X-Men stuff starts coming out and topping the charts. The Avengers was not a top selling book towards the end of the 70s. That is, a, that is a book that needed a resuscitation. And Guardians of the Galaxy was a really top book over there along with Micronauts and that I'm, we're talking 7879 where people are really looking for the Star Wars stuff and Gunn takes those characters and recelebrates them and reintroduces them and casts them, Sylvester Stallone as them it's kind of like one of the points who is Sylvester Stallone going to play in the new DC entertainment <laughs> universe because <laughs> that's one of his tools <laughs> um raging rhino says i still say that the final scene should have been a follow-up to the flash end credit scene barry ties tries to reset the timeline again despite arthur's protests an instant later momoa becomes lobo oh great <laughs> casting we've always wanted momoa's lobo great casting and then bucket of chum podcast over on instagram my first instagram comment says i think Gunn has said blue beetle is the first movie in his universe but superman will be is for the first that his studio produces um i don't know i don't know Um,
1: no, but the, so the, the point though, is that there's not at least announced plans of like, and we're gonna, you know, here's our, you know, our third or fourth Batman in the last decade, you know, for his universe. Here's a new wonder woman. It's all like, yeah, we're going to do this Superman movie. And I'm sure he knows, they know all the chess moves, you know, years down the board. But, you know, when you – Marvel does the same thing. It's like they're going to let you know the next five years' worth of movies. But it's like – and then on April 24th, it's Untitled DC Project 8. You know, And it's you like, leave room just...
0: for pivots, right? Like clearly yeah, Marvel is going to be doing some pivoting going into the, the next two big Avengers movies because of the fallout from Jonathan Major's conviction and in, in this and that. Was it a conviction? It was – I believe one guilty. one
1: of them is a conviction. I believe
0: so. That's a terrible situation. Yes. Um. And Marvel has to pivot with that stuff, and so we're going to have some shifts to our big, big two Avengers movies that were already on the slate. Uh, and we've seen those shifts. We've seen a director fall out. We've seen new screenwriters hired. Um, who knows? Um, but uh, Raging Riders says, uh, "Let's see." Oh, Jim Parker. As far as the, as the Blue Beetle, I had not heard that Blue Beetle is going forward. The only thing I know about Blue Beetle is they, you know, they clearly were going to go for a trilogy if that movie succeeded. Yeah. Whether or not those remnants become, and you know, it has a great tag with the Ted Cord stuff, and it, and that stuff is ripe for going forward. It features no other DC characters. We could, in retrospect, look back and see that it was. The first James Gunn DCEU movie because you can just pick it up and drop it in any continuity because it is so standalone as a Blue Beetle movie while still referencing some DC movies, uh, DC characters. I'm, I'm down with that idea. For sure, because I love that cast. I, lo- I love the, the, the filmmakers. I think it would be awesome to have them back. Think of it Jim- as a
1: restaurant with a soft opening. You know, It's <laughs> just sort of like, yeah, look, this is what it is. And I agree, that movie was a lot of fun. And it didn't get bogged down in like, well, is this the old timeline? Are we setting up the new timeline? I don't know. Just uh, watch Blue Beetle and he's going to hang out with George Lopez and what could go wrong there, you know?
0: <laughs> and George said like, he'd, you know, I gave a lot of George Lopez stories and the uh, uh, Angel Gracia story. There's an Angel Gracia interview uh, back in early December, late November on the feed. And we had a bunch of George Lopez stories. But talking to George, he he was like, yeah, we're supposed to do more with that stuff. And who knows? Like, there's a strike and that resets a lot of stuff. There's a, a shift at the studio that, that changed a lot of stuff. But I know that a lot of people had a, so much goodwill on Blue Beetle um and raging rhino says i believe that blue beetle is going to remain remain in the gun Guniverse. is that what we're calling it I, I, okay uh, Guniverse, call it that. but doubt he'd get another standalone film yeah let's put him on a team with some people let's let's have him team up with some stuff let's have ted cord come back and do some booster gold well obviously we're getting some booster gold content we've heard um jim hugger says do we know which characters from the authority we are getting is it the wild storm jenny sparks og lineup Who knows? And in some of that stuff was pretty adult, right? They had a violent team. We had um, a a gay relationship for the first time, like a major comics line. Remember how big that stuff was in the nineties. We're like, oh my God, the Superman and Batman character on the authority or lovers. And people were like, what? Remember that in the mid nineties? And it's like, okay, let's put it on screen. Because I think it would get a similar response at the box office. Right, We have not seen superhero, a superhero relationship like that in a superhero movie at the Cineplex yet. Have we? A major studio superhero movie with a batman superman type
1: character no, and, and i think anytime you get stuff like that in movies it's always set up in a way so that it can easily be edited out for china and uh you know in oh. middle east and things like that i'm just look i'm casting a wide net but it's very clear sometimes that they're like yeah they're just friends as far as the the script mm-hmm. of the movie's concerned because uh you know and i mean i can't think of a good example of uh, you know i mean obviously you get crazy stuff on streaming like The Boys, obviously, shows right. what people are willing to watch on a streaming service. But, yeah, I mean, putting billions of dollars into, you know, making and marketing uh, a feature film, you probably still have people that are hesitant, you know, uh, you know, it's studio, you know, big money people who are like, yeah, but uh, maybe maybe save that for the sequel. But I think uh, I don't know. I think it's worth trying, you know.
0: Yeah, to have the Apollo and Midnighter relationship on screen. I mean, we've gotten away from Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I think we've said what we want to say about it is that it's fun, inoffensive, and definitely a movie that you would watch with your family over the holidays and kind of just be like, cool, let's, let's see some bonkers stuff on screen. Uh, you know how it's going to go. You'll you'll um, you'll
1: enjoy it when it's on HBO Max in time for Easter. You know that's probably yeah. when it'll be there. You know, but the big until,
0: celebration yeah. of everything that came before and really closing the chapter. No, it, it, it there are parts that feel a little bit like a fizzle. But I, I think what I'm arguing here, or I'm going to argue it now, is we need to stop as fans thinking about these things in the way that maybe corporations do where they say, okay, this is that chapter. This is that regime. These were the decisions made under that stewardship and as fans, I think it's healthier for just us to think about this as the genre that it is um, and say that this almost like that ending in flash that I enjoyed the crisis stuff and say, Hey, this is a flowing river that many artists have put their names in their stamps on and just like in comics, you have these eras like the burn and, and, you know, Avengers run that turned, you know, or uh, I'm sorry, the burn X, Claremont X-Men run that was then had the Sylvester come in and replace John Byrne. And then you, you know, that moved on and then the Jim Lee X-Men took over and was the dominant X-Men book. And it, that just moves on. And you, and I think you just think about this stuff as, Hey, we can see these characters come back, you know, at any time. Who ever thought that we were going to see Michael Keaton in a bat suit again, until the Flash? Who ever thought we were going to see that stuff? Who ever thought we were going to see some of those weird cameos of made and unmade DC movies that we got in that Crisis sequence?
1: Yeah, I mean, Nick, Nicholas Cage all showing up is the the craziest thing of the year. I think seeing Nicholas <laughs> Cage crazy. in that suit, I was just like, I was like, all right, they they really went for it but you Um, thought but you loved it and and obviously we there's a there's
0: a loki season two episode a few back but the marvels marvel is the same you can see anything is in the rules book right and like i i'll just spoil now how much i loved what if season two i thought it was great because it was a celebration of all the different possibilities that can be given to you audiences with these characters right and i think that should be the approach every time we sit down in the seats is this optimistic let's see what the this let's see what these artists do and i know there's a corporate presence here (laughs) you cannot miss that but let's see what these filmmakers these storytellers these artists do with these combinations and let's hope for the james gunn stuff let's hope for a James Gunn treatment. Like they did the guardians where there were not a lot of expectations for that movie. And people were like, "Mm, is this going to be Marvel's first misstep? No, it was a spectacular success. Um, And I think you hope for that stuff. And ideally worst case scenario, you end up with a movie where you're like, Hey, I got to spend two hours with some characters I really liked. I got to see a version of them by people who took a swing at bat and Okay, cool. On to the next. Let's just keep enjoying this stuff.
1: Yeah, I think uh that feeling, you're right, you know, the what if sandbox lends itself to that, but uh the idea that you could sit down and you actually don't know what you're going to get. You know, the a good example would be to talk about Shazam again for a second that Wonder Woman's actually in the movie. I just assumed like, okay, but they don't they don't really do that. And you know, uh when and again, it was a promo for the movie, but then you see uh, Brie Larson at the end of the last episode of Ms. Marvel, the TV series, you would just think, well, they're not going to put her on TV. And She's, she was, a
0: star. She's a movie right, star, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so is. it's like,
1: so when you can get those surprises, don't do them for the sake of like, well, here's our here's our wacky M Night Shyamalan ending. But when you can be legitimately surprised in a way that uh, helps the story, uh, I think it's great. I think that potential, and I think that James Gunn probably has like everything on the table every you know there's so many different ways he can go and uh i i think him telling a superman story i think will uh you know just be you know i agree with what you said about Zack snyder i didn't want i didn't want it to sound like i'm discounting that movie i like that it was a different vision for superman it's it's not the superman that i feel Closest to in my heart, you know that's that's the Richard Donner Superman, but uh, of course, but it was pretty awesome seeing Zack Snyder's Superman. yeah, yeah, and and you know him him snapping Zod's neck. I know that bothered people. I'm like, no, this is this that moment lets you know this guy's gonna do what he has to,
0: you know. But and Superman did snap Zod's neck in the Pocket Universe
1: in the in the Burn Book, right. So So, sorry fans (laughs) Yes sorry it happened before So but at the same time I don't Want to see Aquaman's baby killed. You know so there's like there's a way To do it where it works and uh, I think James Gunn is the right person to Have uh, in the chair I, I just to circle back to Aquaman For a moment and it was one of the things That I noticed from the trailer Was that when you saw the trailer To the movie you would have thought Nicole Kidman was Aquaman's wife because he talks about his family and, and it's you see her a lot. You never saw Amber Heard. Seeing her in the movie, uh, I felt like, okay, yeah, I know there's some weird stuff out there or whatever. But I was like, yeah, the character still works. They didn't do much with her. And yeah. I had the same feeling seeing Ezra Miller in The Flash. I'm like, yeah, there's some crazy stuff about them. But at the same time, it didn't take me out of the movie. Did you feel that even for a second about Amber Heard? Because I didn't. But I'm no, wondering There's Mira. Yeah, I'm wondering if you think people might have, or maybe just there wasn't enough buzz about this movie for people to even thought about
0: it. It's tough when you see that something, and again, it goes back to what I'm saying about looking at this thing as not as different eras or different, you know, uh, regimes. treating these, like if you look at these things like chapters, then I think that's that's a problem. I think you see these characters as characters that have existed for decades on the page and now they're existing in film, and they will be inhabited by other actors one day. We are going to get a Wolverine played by someone other than Hugh Jackman one day. We are going to get a non-Chris Evans Captain America one day, Steve Rogers one day. And people have to know that and see that these characters will outlive us and be ready for things to be different. They are all part of the same storyline. They are all part of this multiverse stuff. And I'm glad there's such a heavy multiverse Storyline going on in every, including Sony, like every single superhero studio right now, because it's really the way to view this stuff. As any of the stuffs in play at any time, any take that you didn't enjoy can come back. I'm still rooting for my Eric Bana Hulk to show up and start, you know, be chased by Hulk dogs into the next multiverse, <laughs> um, because because we wanted these movies to exist when we were twelve. And one day we will be gone, but there will still be other 12 year olds and to not wish these things for them is the most cynical, dour, selfish viewpoint you can have. So I'm not saying who cares, but I'm saying like, don't care about that aspect of it. And seeing Mira on the screen played by someone who's been in the headlines, it's like, yeah, I have to separate that from what's going on in the world. Um, and, okay, there's Mira. Okay. There was, I mean, the 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 Ezra Miller stuff is awful. The Jonathan Major stuff is awful. Um, but none of them are permanent. Yeah, right? The characters are permanent. What they mean to people are permanent. A kid holding, I saw a kid with a Sonic the Hedgehog doll. Mom was bouncing <laughs> it in front of their face. That Sonic's permanent. Jaleel White, not permanent. Roger Craig Smith the Sonic as well. Like, not permanent. Sonic's permanent, right? These, what these things mean to people is permanent, right? I'm sitting here as a 45-year-old man talking about this stuff. And they've meant something to me in my entire life. And I think that that is where we put the onus, not in who treated this stuff successfully or not for my one individualistic view that has to be... I mean, I feel uncomfortable even talking about this stuff as a filmmaker and being like, oh, this is what I would do better. Like, who gives a crap what I would do better? (laughs) Did you enjoy it? And did my nephew enjoy it? Yeah, we have fun.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's always important, you know, when I whether we do it over on uh, Marvel Movie Talk or we do it on on my podcast, I always want to try to start, especially when I know somebody has let me know that they didn't like something. I'm always like, Okay, let's start about what you did like, Yeah, you know, and uh, sometimes you can you can actually get a lot of conversation about the things that work, and maybe you know something that bothers somebody doesn't overpower in the movie. Especially like when you hate the movie's ending. Sometimes you can carry with you that ending, and then these we movies start don't about have it.
0: endings, folks. These movies <laughs> yeah. don't have endings. Right. Spoiler: These movies
1: don't <laughs> have endings. <laughs> wow, well, it did ha- it did have an ending for that cockroach that uh, made it <laughs> the cockroach. Ending. We're not going to see again, <laughs> but. I'd be
0: a fool if I thought that we weren't gonna see any of these characters again one yeah. day. In some even in the
1: glimpse. I, I think we'll see every single Justice League character within the next decade. You know?
0: That's bold. Yeah. Maybe not the Flash.
1: May, well well I I'm not Ezra Miller playing the Flash. And maybe Correct. not Barry Allen.
0: Oh oh the characters? But,
1: yeah, the characters I, I think
0: I yeah. think we might see a Momoa cameo again in the future. I don't even can, yeah. like who if i did a lobo movie right now and lobo was the bastard she's supposed to be and he's having fun and he's playing loose like deadpool does would i have him reference the same actor who played aquaman would i have him reference
1: aquaman in some throwaway place and yeah. maybe see a glimpse of? It? yeah who cares Look, this this movie even had a moment when uh ocean master and aquaman are in the desert. Aquaman calls him Loki. I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad we're acknowledging what what we're getting here in this moment. Yeah. you know I thought it was and it was very funny, though, you know, I'm like, okay, be a little self-aware. You know, don't treat your audience like they're stupid. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it it's a fun movie. I think people aren't talking about it because of when it was released, but I don't even I don't think that uh, this is necessarily superhero fatigue. It was just like, oh, yeah, Aquaman, I saw one of those. yeah, and, and- your casual movie goer was like, Maybe they did want to see Wonka, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't quite know what it is, but there was something else that they were probably more excited about, you know.
0: Uh, Raging Rhino says Christian prefers the Christopher Reese Superman, I prefer the Henry Cavill Superman. I love Henry Cavill Superman, I love Christopher Reese Superman. We should just be happy we have both. And I'll tell you what, when I saw Braden Ruth as Superman, I thought he was great as Superman as well. Um, it yeah. all comes down to the material, and uh, and I'm optimistic about the rest of it uh christian my buddy you yes, had a good sir. holiday yeah you came back with a vegas cough
1: yeah a little bit and i didn't know that uh quite the extent of it until we sat down to start talking so my apologies for that but, no no uh, problem uh, buddy yeah, it know. was
0: it was black manta
1: trying to release the lost kingdom yeah well he, yeah, he didn't like that i made fun of his helmet <laughs> you know he was just uh, he's like oh i'll show you uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, those red blasts, the holidays were great. We took the kids up to Santa's village up in Lake Arrowhead, spent time with the in-laws and then uh, a week in Vegas with uh, like four days in Vegas with the kids. So uh, getting ready for 2024. And, uh, you know, when we were texting, I was uh, saying to you, I, I'm not sure which one I, I'm uh, happier to turn the page on, 2023 or the DCEU? I think uh, 2023 is the thing I'm uh, happier to say goodbye to. Because, it was hard, man. Yeah. DCEU gave us some moments, you know, uh, some some very fun moments, some really surprising stuff, some good stuff. And uh, I, I, as as a unabashed Marvel fan, I wanted DC to succeed as well. You know, I think there's plenty of room for both. To have great film franchises and it helps the other if the other one's doing well, you know.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And twenty twenty three, I was thinking today, I, I handed in a, a pretty intense outline last week. Um and uh I was like, Oh yeah, and last week I was or last year this time, I was prepping a table read for a film that we had like <laughs> I was like, I'm making this movie this year and then strike and all this stuff. Oh yeah boy did we get walloped we got walloped yeah. i mean i had a table read on the third or i think on the third of january oh, 2023 wow. and i was like i'm so stoked to make my movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be continued yeah. so- somewhere Wait. from the pre-production on your movie you have a polaroid of nicholas cage in one of his uh costumes for your film and that's uh that's all you have right now but there's still geeks the future Gators. maybe geeks we will Gators. get nicholas cage's kal one day who knows we, we
0: got our asses escaped in 2023 but here's to yeah, 2024 uh and maybe we we do go make that movie who knows chris uh, or i was gonna say nick you still down uh geeks <laughs> gave us love you so much please like follow what we say here at geekscape don't hate just take that energy create and uh, share your stories with us uh and be part of geekscape we uh, you know i think so a lot of people popped in on instagram uh throughout this so i'll I'll try it a little bit more send me a, an email jonathan geekscape.net let me know if you thought it was uh cool to see us on instagram maybe send a dm if you're already on instagram tell me it's cool that you saw it um i don't think i'm going to archive them on instagram They're all archived on our Geekscape uh, TV YouTube page and on our Facebook pages. Go to Geekscape uh, on Facebook. Go to the Geekscape Forever group on Facebook. Hang out with the rest of us. And you can listen to uh, Christian on all of his podcasts and socials. What are those?
1: Well, uh, you can find me at Christian DMZ. That's Instagram and Twitter. And uh, coming up in the next month over on Geekscape, uh, we're going to do a Marvel movie talk special on What If, a Marvel movie talk special on Echo. Remember, all five episodes are dropping at once. And uh, for the first time ever, Uh, Disney sent out uh, sort of a a press reminder like, hey, just letting everybody know you're going to get screeners of Echo before it uh, launches because it might get lost in the shuffle. And I was like, "Okay, so you're sending us an email that you're going to send us an email. (laughs) I thought that was interesting. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. But uh, big news in the Geekscape universe uh, on, uh, let's see, January 19th. For at noon Eastern three Pacific, we're doing a special Geekscape book club where I'm going to speak with uh, James D. Matias about Craven's Last Hunt, and uh, I've been uh, trying to line that up forever since I started doing Geekscape book club, and uh, he found time, and I appreciate it. I'm very excited to talk to him about. We're not going to only talk about that, but that's the entry point into the conversation. Oh my god! Yeah, Christian, that is a get. That's a huge very get! Yeah. Holy
0: shit. wow, I love it, and thank you so much for putting the little Geekscape oh, banner yeah. on it. And that is the kind of content that it, oh my god, I cannot wait to hear it. That is so beautiful. Uh, Geekscape is—it sounds like twenty twenty four is already going to start rocking for us. We can't wait to see you in it. Uh, thank you so much. Share this with your friends. Subscribe and keep spreading the positivity in the geekdom of it all. Uh, we'll be here in a couple of days. I think we're going to be talking "What If" season two which I I'll just tell you right now. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, so we'll see you there. Okay. Thank you for being in the comments. Thank you for everything. Uh, peace.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.